0: hey yo what's up welcome back to another pvp podcast we're your hosts voika yvette and megan let's get right into it so today's theme is morality we're gonna be talking about good and bad and um yeah let's jump right into it okay so first off what makes a good person that's a question that philosophers have been trying to answer for like hundreds of years
1: I think good person would just mean, like, you're obeying the laws.
0: What if the law were to, like, kill a person and you were obeying it? Does that make you a good person?
1: In certain people's eyes. Because, like, society is, like, the reigning government, right? So whatever they say sort of goes. And then if you don't follow them then in a sense, you're a bad person.
0: But like hundreds of scientists stopped following the laws of society and they created stuff that benefited society. What about Victor Frankenstein? Oh, dang. That's a whole other discussion.
1: We don't even talk about that. He's just a bad person.
0: How do you know?
1: He abandoned his poor son. His poor, um, he didn't even give him a name. Frankenstein's monster? Like, he just straight up left after he created the monster.
0: But he was scared, though. You can't- Well,
1: cowardice can breed evil.
0: That's true. But at the same time, like, imagine you create, like, an ugly-ass monster that no one has ever done before. Like, wouldn't you be scared? Wouldn't you want to run away? Victor Frankenstein did the only thing that he knew how to do, which was run away from his creation.
1: That's why he's a bad person. Because like, okay, in the book, it wasn't even said that um, Victor Frankenstein's monster was bad or bad looking. He was just kind of weird in the eyes, six feet tall, pretty nice looking dude. And then Victor just straight up ran. No,
0: he, no, It said in numerous parts of the book that he was ugly as fudge. You run away
1: from ugly people?
0: No, of course I don't run away from ugly people. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that Victor created this ugly person that he thought wasn't gonna work, and then he comes to life, and Victor's like, dang, I just created life, this is scary AF, so he ran away. Okay, the thing is, you can't hate on him for being scared and running away. If he's a good person, then wouldn't he have the moral obligation to stay behind for his son creation? Be like, hey, this is the world, I'm not gonna abandon you because that's what bad people do. Like, would Frankenstein be considered a bad person because he just, like, ran away and he didn't take care of his creation. But think about it this way, okay? Imagine you build an ice cream machine, right? Are you going to stay forever and nurture that ice cream machine No.
1: The analogy only works if he was like, he threw his monster into like an orphanage or something. If he did, we would have had like Oliver Twist or something. But anyways.
0: Frankenstein considers monster to be his machine, a creation, and not as a living, breathing human, even though it is, right? I'm not saying that Victor Frankenstein is morally a good person for doing that, because obviously that had dire consequences and it was wrong. But I'm saying that he didn't realize the life he had created could have such consequences and I think what I'm trying to say is that good and bad there's not really a line between good and bad it's more like a just a spectrum and it's very gray it's not defined
1: yeah that's what I was gonna say eventually but yeah so good and bad they aren't really mutually exclusive okay
0: so Frankenstein was kind of arrogant and he didn't really respect the rules he was very full of himself so like how does the way that we see ourselves how does that tie into our actions as people I think that has a huge benefit on how we tie into our actions. I mean, if we're going to be talking about the book Frankenstein, we could talk about the fact that Frankenstein's monster thought he was so ugly and horrendous. So he shied away from people and that gave him bad social abilities. So that has a huge impact. I think that if I thought to myself that I wasn't creative or artistic, I would never try and I would never get better. And then, you know, the world would be without my art.
1: In a more moral sense, I read this trash fic about how this guy thought he was, like, the worst person ever. And then so he ran away from, like, his girlfriend. He ran away from his family. and He literally went on, like, a three-year, like, mission to, like, quote-unquote better himself. But basically, he realized in the end that, like, he actually did the wrong thing by literally abandoning his family just because he thought he was such a bad person. So in a sense, if you think you're a horrible person, you would probably do bad things on accident because of that.
0: Well, how do our fixations on being good people and wanting to become better, how does that prevent people from changing and actually becoming good people?
1: Well, I guess you can say we're kind of stuck on the benchmarks rather than the actual goal. Sometimes if you want to be a good person, you have to make mistakes. You have to do some bad things. And then if you're focused on not making any mistakes, I think you would eventually find yourself in a bad place, right? Because you're too focused on the minutia and not on the actual goal, which is to try to become a better human being. You're more focused on trying to do good things. But I think if you don't care about doing good things, then you're also screwed. So it's, it's literally all just a fine line basically
0: this reminds me so much of that one show the good place you know and how it's always talking about like effects on uh yourself and those around you by doing good or bad actions right so imagine if we had that kind of afterlife where everything you did had a point value and it was either a good point value or negative point value how would knowing that affect your actions
1: Wait, Vorka, do you like The Good Place? Yeah, I
0: like it. It's a good
1: show. Good, good. I really like it. Um, <laughs> if it down to points, I think I wouldn't focus on being a good person. I'd just focus on doing as many good things as possible.
0: Right, but wouldn't that give you a negative value because your motivations are bad?
1: Yeah, it would.
0: See? See? That's the mind trap right there because if you were aware of how the afterlife works then you could never get into heaven because you would always be doing good things but for the wrong reasons
1: that is so true but if you could sort of like know it but it'd be in the back of your mind wouldn't that work too like let's say i saw someone struggling on the street one day and my first thought was to help him because he was struggling and not to help him because he was a point value. But then later on, as like, I sort of in hindsight, I would see that, oh, that helps me with my points too. Like, would that be a bad thing or no?
0: I don't know. You did something good solely for the purpose of being good, right?
1: Yeah, in the moment.
0: Well, I think if you're doing something solely because it's a good thing and not because it helps further you in life, then that should be counted as a good
1: act right what if you have multiple motivation let's say we're going back to the homeless thing again let's say you were helping him and you were thinking both oh this will help me and this will help him and
0: i don't think it would count because if a part of you is only in it for yourself then that doesn't count as good right that can't count as good
1: Mm -hmm. but okay erasing that good place analogy like let's say we're not in that good place world if you think about it like Which one's better? Like, having good intentions but bad actions, or having bad intentions but good actions?
0: Having good intentions but bad actions... Or wait, wait a minute. I think having good intentions but bad actions. You sure? Yeah. Wait. Okay, let's say you murder, like, a government official, but your intention was because that government official was gonna pass a law that kills millions of people. Wouldn't that be better than not killing the government official? because you
1: want money? I guess, but then that would be considered technically a good action. I, um, I was watching a um, debate interpretation, like speech. It was so good. It was about this uh, mom who saw that her son was being like bullied at school. I think he had to like do a sex tape or something. It was pretty dark. And then she like killed those people who were doing it she straight up like murdered them. I think she murdered their kids too. So she became sort of like a serial killer. So technically it was a good intention, but the actions were like very bad.
0: Right. But that's what I'm saying. I would rather kill a government official because he was going to kill millions of people than not kill the government official because I want money. Do you see what I mean? If I have good intentions, I feel like that has to negate the bad action in some way. Okay, speaking of which, let's talk about the trolley problem where no matter the good intentions, you're still gonna have a bad action. Let's say you're the driver of a trolley and there's two tracks and you're about to run over like five people who can't do anything about it, right? On the other side, there's one person on the tracks they can't get out either. Obviously the good action in this case would be swerving the trolley to hit that one person and say five people. But what if you knew the person that you were gonna run over? Like how would that change? The morality of your actions. What would change in that situation? Well, uh, that depends. Is it someone I hate? Well, let's just assume that you like this person. Like, maybe they're your best friend of, like, ten years. Well, uh, I'd probably just... Can I divert so it goes off the tracks so that I die and no one else dies?
1: That's called a loophole, and those aren't possible in philosophy questions.
0: Oh, okay. Um, then I guess I'd kill the one person.
1: Even if it was, like, Megan?
0: Oh, shit. Um, nah, I'd kill the five
1: people. Wouldn't that be selfish, though?
0: Well, I'm selfish. Deal with it. Philosophy's gotta accept the fact that I am very bad.
1: Well, I mean, humans are inherently selfish, so I feel like the majority of people would choose the five. But are the five, like, strangers, or are they, like, KKK members?
0: Just strangers. Okay. But what if, like, Megan goes on to cure cancer? Right? Like then couldn't I say that like Megan would be saving like ten billion lives as opposed to just five?
1: But then you don't know that. What if Megan grows up to be a serial killer? Oh shit, that's true. (laughs) Right? So you can't really judge it based on what you presume are like their future destinies and how many lives they will potentially save. I think you're just gonna have to go with the basic information. If it was like Voica on that track or something, I'd probably run Voica over. Sorry. No offense. No offense. But I grow up to like save millions, bro. I just yeah, feel like five people are worth more than one person. Damn, very... worth more than me. It would hurt me for sure. It hurt your family. It hurt Megan. But
0: but like I'm important though, and um I'm so offended you would kill me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just brought that up just to show you guys like. The difference between, like, the personal good and the greater good. In this situation, Yvette would go for the greater good and save the five people, whereas Boyka would go for her own personal good and save the person that she knew on the other side of the trap. How does that show if you are a good person at all? It does show, like, whether you're in it for the good of the present humanity, right? But, like, at the same time, there's so many other variables that you have to consider. Like, what if one of the five people that you're saving ends up becoming, like, someone really bad? Or what if the one friend that you save ends up, like, carrying cancer or something? Like, you can't predict what's going to happen in the future. You can only predict what's happening in the present, Right. I mean, if I were to like, kill the one person, that would be the best for the present humanity because I'm saving five people yeah. as opposed to just one, right? Yeah. And I feel like what that problem is supposed to show is if whether you're like you're in it for the good of the present humanity, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's what that problem is supposed to show. But at the same time, like, humans are selfish. I don't think that we can philosophize our way around that, you know?
1: I think that's what it's trying to show. I think the real struggle is just between, like, whether you help yourself like individual or rather you help the community so there's that sort of struggle
0: yeah talking about the individual and the community how does that tie into mob mentality how does being in a group affect your actions as a good person ooh can we talk about the internet because that is full of mob mentality i feel like the concept of fandoms is just communities within individuality if that makes sense like okay let's say you as a person like to draw k-pop stars right that's an entire community of people that also like to draw K-pop stars. So that's in itself a community within individuality. And I feel like once people have fandoms, it's so easy to just fight other fandoms. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's just wrong in a sense, because I feel like everybody should support their individual communities. But at the same time, it happens because people have like similar interests, but also want to challenge each other. I think that's just human nature to challenge each other. And that doesn't equate to being a bad person. Like, if we were in a good place, challenging other fandoms wouldn't lead to you being a bad person because it's just human nature. Yeah. Well, like, if you had that bad intention in the first place to challenge other people and, like, start fan wars and stuff like that, does that make you a good person? Like, having that bad intention in the first place?
1: But it's mob mentality. You're sort of defending... Like what Wojka said, in the fandom, you're sort of defending what you like from sort of other tribes. It's like tribalism, basically. And like I said before, it's not really related to being a good or bad person. But I think it is related to how like how strong you are as, as an individual. Because if you're strong enough to stand against like your own community and be like, don't attack so-and-so, then that makes you sort of like a strong individual. And that's not a good or bad thing. But that's something that's really important in society.
0: Right, like if we talk about like the Tati and James Charles drama, like from a while ago, and 15 million people were canceling James Charles for like, absolutely no reason besides just hearing some rumors about James Charles and watching a video about James Charles. 15 million people like legit canceled him. And It was because the fandom wars were so strong that it's so easy to turn on people that have, like, fragile careers, you know? Yeah, like, influencers. Influencers are a huge part of our generation, especially. And I feel like their careers, while they really make bank, you know, like, they really get that good bread, Mm -hmm. it's still, like, very fragile ground. Because, like, anybody anywhere can come up with rumors And just be like, they did this, and they said this and this. And people will turn on them like that. Like, it's so easy.
1: Exactly. I think personally creating things in order to put them on the internet and having everyone see you that's really scary especially if your content relies on your personality like an influencer the internet has turned from a sort of like nice social platform sort of away from the government where people can like confess their secrets and stuff and like you know relate to other people on a more personal level it turned from that to like its own form of policing on the internet there's now people who are campaigning for things like blm um and yeah while those are really good things it's sort of bringing into the internet community a sort of I would say governmental policing because people are now looking at other people's comments and judging them based on what they say
0: right but don't people do that outside of the internet anyway if we were to like meet up and we're having a conversation and you said something like I love killing people like I'm obviously going to judge you for that
1: oh my god yeah yeah but on the internet it never goes away like i could say i love killing people to you and you'd be like oh what a weirdo but then maybe years later you might forget but on the internet if i type in i want to kill someone on a youtube comment or something i think it would stay there forever and people would continuously judge me for that even if it was out of context
0: well obviously if you were to tell me that you love killing people i would call the police and probably would never forget that but if you were to say something weird like I suck toes or whatever I I could probably forget that like in a while but if if you were to put that on a YouTube thread or like a Twitter thread or a Reddit thread or like Mm -hmm. an Instagram comment you can't just Like, delete that and expect that people won't see it and judge you. And once you post on the internet, it never goes away. So if you were to tell people that you like sucking toes, like, there would be backlash, most definitely, on the internet, as opposed to outside the internet, where I would probably just be like, you're a freak, and then forget it in, like, a week or two, you know? The internet is supposed to be a safe place where everyone shares all of their, like, feelings and emotions and opinions, right? So when people decide not to share certain things about certain movements, stuff like that, people are instantly judged because you're supposed to be like a good person on the internet. You're supposed to have these inherent good actions that you're supposed to do. I think being part of the internet just changes that. So like, how do you think... Like, internet society has evolved so that that could happen.
1: I don't know how it evolved, but I feel like there really was a difference from the beginning where you could say anything to now where you have to actually watch every word you say because it's never going to go away, as Wojka said. I think we're really going off topic here, but I feel like the internet has grown to become even more policing on what you say than in real life. Because in real life, you can forget, but on the internet, you can't
0: how do your actions as a good person change when you're on the internet i think that it really depends on like what part of the internet you decide to go to right because if you go to like reddit most people on reddit are like hella chill but if you go to like instagram it's so easy to cancel people literally cancel culture on social media is really huge and i think that regardless of whether you're a good person or not it's so easy to lie on the internet and say that you're one thing and present yourself as another thing. For example, with pedophilia and stuff, like it's so easy to pretend you're like a 14 year old girl and actually be like an 80 year old man. I think that you can drastically change your personality on the internet and that can affect you in a big way. Yeah. Let's like swerve the conversation back into being like a good person and like a bad person. Do you think it would be like terrible to have no morals? Like you're in the middle, you're kind of neutral about everything. Like how would that change
1: your lifestyle? Isn't that like being a nihilist?
0: Nihilism is kind of like, there's no life after death. You kind of just... Feel this emptiness.
1: I feel like sort of,
0: yeah. Going back to the good place, uh, like Chidi's character, who contemplates every decision that he makes. Like, how would that change your life?
1: Well, if you can't make decisions, your life is kind of a roller coaster at that point. You can't control it anymore. You kind of just go on the whim of whoever is most influential in your life at that point. So, I think not making any decisions is also bad. Just like what the good place said, Chidi was still sent into the bad place. That's spoiler. Uh, Chidi was still sent to the bad place because he was so indecisive and didn't do anything. So in that sense, yeah. But then if you don't have any morals, then you would definitely be more willing to act. And I think a lot of people would call you a monster if you don't have any sort of limitations for what you can or can't do.
0: And I think in a way, if you decide to just not make choices for the good of staying neutral, that defeats the purpose of humanity because humanity is all about making choices and deciding what's best for you and what's not best for you, right? And if you just decide that you don't want to make any choices to stay neutral that's just like a turtle retreating into its shell and never coming out sure the turtle is always safe but it never goes anywhere like what's the point of living a life without choices and without finding who you are okay so what is the importance of being a good person how would that help you in life
1: people trust good people boom if you're a good person you will have more friends you will have more influence over other people as a good person because they would be like so and so megan is a good person so i trust her because i know that she has my best interests in mind
0: at the same time you're feeling to consider that people also trust attractive people so you could be an awful person but still be like hella handsome and people will trust you like that's been scientifically proven and they did a study in the new york times i don't think they did study in the new york times but they published it in the new york times that said that If you're attractive, people are like 25% more likely to trust you and be nice to you, regardless of whether you're a good person or not.
1: But obviously, that would only be the first time. And then second time, third time, like they got burned. They won't trust you anymore. I feel like being a good person is just implicitly good in the long run instead of in the short run. Because in the short run, yeah, of course, if you're good looking or something, you'd get a leg up in a sense. But then if you're a good person and you're trustworthy and reliable and stuff like that, in the long run, people will trust you.
0: Isn't that a bad thing though? You're only being good for the sake of getting others to trust you and for you to get further in life.
1: That's a side effect. I saw on this um, Tumblr post that the reason why we're all good people is because it hurts us to do bad things. If I kick Megan off the side of a cliff, I will feel bad. So that is why I do not do that. Obviously, that's not the only reason, but that's like the most implicit reason right there. Like, you don't want to feel bad. And hurting others will make you feel bad so you don't hurt others. On the other hand, if you're like a psychopath, if you don't have any sort of empathy towards others and you can't really relate to them on a level, then that's a different story. You don't have that sort of baseline thing where you're like, I feel bad if I hurt this person. I mean, some people do, even if you don't relate to other people, but most of the time, if you don't have any empathy towards others, if you can't feel what they're feeling, it's kind of hard to have a reason for why you're not hurting.
0: Okay, so, this reminds me of another thought experiment of like, you're a doctor, and you need to save a patient. But the only way to save that patient is if you take someone else's like a liver, and you transplant it. And like, basically, this question is meant to ask, similarly to the trolley problem, what would you do for the sake of good? And what would you do as a person?
1: I'd let the guy die. Like this one is a lot easier, in my opinion, compared to the trolley problem. Because like, It's five healthy people versus one sick person and like even if that sick person was like someone I know and I love and I cherish and whatever they're sick which means they're in pain and even if I give them like liver transplant or whatever I have no way of knowing if they're gonna be feeling as good. I would still choose the five people. Those are five really really healthy okay people. They just came to the doctor for like a checkup or something and they're gonna steal their organs and give them to one sick person that's just like not good i would definitely just let the other person die
0: what if it was reversed what if you had to take the one person's organ to help five people
1: i would kill the five people because it's one healthy person okay i'm not going to kill one healthy person for the sake of five sick people isn't that the same as the trolley problem you said that you would kill the one person to save five people Mm -hmm. right what if those
0: five people were sick like on the trolley you would still kill the one person yeah but but you wouldn't for the doctor's office because you know that they're sick
1: yeah No, it's because I don't really fancy myself killing someone and taking their organs and giving them to five people. I don't know. Just the organ thing is really tripping me up. But also just if I know that the five people are sick and that's like part of the problem, I would be more hesitant towards saving them. If it wasn't organs, if it was just like medication or something, like I had to split the medication between that one person and those five people or something like that, I would probably still choose the five people. I would just be more hesitant just because I already know that they're like sick and they're suffering right right but
0: okay what if they were in the hospital because you hit them with the trolley
1: the five people That went against what I was gonna say in the trolley problem, but, uh... But what if you decided
0: to hit those five people, right, in the trolley problem to save your own friend, but then they're in the hospital because of you? Then you have to sacrifice the organs of the person that you didn't kill to save those five people that you did kill.
1: I'd just go with it. I'd commit. I'd still kill those five people. Oh, damn. Okay. I already made the decision once. I just have to make it again. Think about it. If I made the decision in the first place to save Megan and kill, like, five strangers, and then we're going to the hospital, where I decide between keeping Megan alive and saving those five people, it's the same problem. i just choose Megan again.
0: Exactly. But then you're saying that if they were all strangers, you would not sacrifice the one person?
1: I will be more hesitant to do so. I probably still would, but more hesitant. Bruh.
0: Well, with the trolley problem, it's easy to distance yourself from the lives that you're going to save or the lives that you're going to take because it's just one person versus five people. And like, the obvious good choice would be to sacrifice one person to save the five people, right? Whereas with the doctor problem, it's like you have to take the organs of someone and put it into someone else, you know? I think you're more hesitant because the doctor problem actually delves into the morals of like taking a life and saving another. Right. There's this other thought experiment that I thought was really interesting, and it was one person versus one person. So let's say you're a fireman, and... In front of you, a building is burning. And in that building, there's only one Samaritan, an elderly woman. Across from you, a young child is about to get hit by a car. You're the only fireman there. There's no one else there. It's only you. You can put out the fire and save the elderly woman. Or you could run and save the kid. But if you save the kid, you would be definitely killing the woman. And if you save the woman, you would be definitely killing the kid. So what would you do? Usually people say that they would help the kid. The elderly woman, she's lived her life you know uh i don't know like people usually make the argument that the elderly woman's lived her life she'll die like but she still lived her life and this young kid has a life to live but then it brings point that i mentioned earlier in the podcast what if the kid was a psychopath and ends up becoming a serial killer like you just saved a serial killer's life and the elderly woman could have been saved and she could have like done some nice stuff i don't know <laughs>
1: I see the point, but what if the grandma was a serial killer? What if the grandma was a convicted criminal? She's running from the law. You know, you could say that for anything. You have a valid point. And these thought experiments where we have to pit lives against each other, it kind of is nullified because you don't know who these people are. Right. But let's say it was
0: your grandmother in there, and it was your best friend running across the street, you know? That's putting people with value to you against each other. And it's, like, a thoughtless experiment, right? Because you care about both those people, so obviously, like, choice is
1: very hard. I was just gonna say, if we treat this like an equation, you have a car running across a life and you have a burning building and another life, the lives cancel out. Cause like, if you look from an omniscient point of view, they're the same thing. It's just two lives, right? So you cancel them out and you think about like, oh, it's just a car going through the street and a building that's like on fire. So I'd probably choose the building on fire because what if the fire spreads, you know? Like I'm a fireman. My job is to stop fires, not to stop cars. Let's say your friend
0: is the one like getting run over, right? They could still survive like the car crash or
1: getting run over, right? In this case, they don't. In this case, your friend gets hit by a car and they automatically die.
0: But also, you could say that the grandma would survive the burning building, right? What if she has an amazing immune system and she gonna die and she hella old? Like, what if they're like, oh, like, she has a good heart, you know, like, let's take her heart and give it to this five people, right? Like, that could also potentially be a scenario. You can't nitpick is what I'm trying to say. Like, morality is not a a straight line. It's very gray. And obviously, going back to our last episode, where Yvette was talking about, like, how Christianity has become an excuse for homophobia, those people, they might think that it's a good thing that they're being homophobic and having, like, bigoted views, right? But on the other hand, like, LGBTQ plus people will think it's, like, outright atrocious that you're, you know, hating on this community, right? So it's really a very gray line. And you can't for sure say what is right and what is wrong.
1: That's a good point. Like you can't finagle your way into thinking that there is a right answer because there really isn't. Like either way, you're technically a murderer. So now that Wojgas brought like politics into this, I'm just gonna go ahead and bring religion into it as well. So basically we all know that there's like many structures in the afterlife about like how people are sorted into this good place and this bad place like heaven and hell or something like that. Um there's like the Egyptian one, there's a Christian one for sure, and I feel like there's others that we don't really know about. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think is the best way to sort of sort these people into a good thing and a bad thing?
0: Well, obviously the whole system of omniscient person like judging you for all your flaws and stuff. Like I don't believe in that system just because I think the whole premise is like like yes be a good person obviously but that shouldn't guarantee you like a life in torture you know what I'm saying like okay I think like the concept that the ancient Egyptians had with the heart weighing against the feather of truth like that was a good system and like growing up reading about such like Myths and stories it made me realize that being a good person even though like I didn't believe in like the afterlife or my heart being weighed against Stuff to see if I'm a good person even though I didn't believe in that outright, I still like learned to build my morals from That understanding that being a good person will help in life and going back to what Yvette said I don't want to do bad things because it makes me feel bad. I'm gonna say this in honesty I think a lot of people would disagree with me here, and it's not a really popular opinion, but I think that the Bible is a bunch of metaphors. I don't think it should be taken literally, and I think that a lot of people take it literally because it's easier to read the words and believe them, like, for what they say and not what they mean. Like, the whole Bible is telling you to be a good person and like, appreciate others and respect your neighbors and just be happy and, like, grateful people. And then there's some stuff in there that's telling you, you know, like, parting the Red Sea That was a huge, like, moment in the Bible, right? And I think a lot of people believe that it's real, but I think it's a metaphor that goodness will get you across lands that you never dreamed of going across. And the concept of, like, Noah's Ark, that was a huge thing. And the concept of it is, like, you have to trust in God. I think that a lot of people think that these trips and events, like, actually happened. I think that they're metaphors for just overall just being a good person and trusting in the improbable. But yeah, so... Anyway, a lot of people will disagree with me and say that they're not metaphors, but, like... Okay, so, like, this episode has been a good way for us to talk about, like, morals and what it means to be a good person and why we should be good people. We're just talking about politics and religion and society,
1: how they all tie to being a good person. I was going to say this earlier, but I think being a good person is really, really hard. And it's really hard not because it's hard to do good things. But it's really hard because it's really complicated. And I think the best way to become a good person is to believe in yourself and have, like, a list of things that would make you a good person. And you have to sort of keep a clear head. You don't know if society is good, and you don't know if society's rules are good. So the best way to be a good person is to sort of believe in yourself. And I think that's a good way to conclude the episode.
0: All right, y'all. So this is where we're going to wrap up our episode the next episode will be the season finale. Whoa. We've already done five episodes. That's kind of a lot. Yeah. So next episode is going to be about being special. So like, why do people want attention? Why do people want to stand out in the crowd? And what does that mean for our overall art? What does that mean for society and for humans and for people? And yeah, we're going to wrap this up. And thank you for coming. Uh, please be sure to follow our Instagram which is the underscore PVP podcast. Go on YouTube and search for community podcast. We've started uploading episodes on here. We have teasers on our Instagram. Please go and check that out. That's the tea.